Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy and hello to new listeners and longtime listeners, of course. So today's episode is going to be a little bit about politics, but of course it's still going to be trying to do it from a philosophical slash psychological perspective. Uh, I'm doing the uh, political episode by demand of the audience. So today it's going to be on human nature and politics. And it's going to be, I will say from the beginning, it's going to be kind of an open-ended ending where I'm hoping to just kind of leave you with a question and then you can kind of go and look into it more. But of course, it's still going to have some insight throughout, right? So, so, so you know, one of the most fundamental things that seems to drive our reasoning for our political opinions, our understanding of human nature. That's what seems to drive a lot of people's political positions. Or maybe it doesn't drive them, but once they get there, they say, oh, well, Human nature is what's fitting for this political viewpoint I have. And both sides do this. All sides do this. A lot of people do this. I do it myself to an extent as well. But that's why I kind of enjoyed this idea because it, that I'm going to do in this episode because it made me realize that maybe I shouldn't accept what I'm accepting just because of some belief in what human nature is. So it may be more accurately the objectivity of that human nature. So politics needs to do X because it aligns with our human nature. Okay. So that's, that's the idea. I think that people tend to allow their politics or be their, their politics to be driven by. So, but what does that even mean? Like what, what does human nature even mean? So uh, what if human nature is, is not as set in stone or objective as we believe? What if human nature is something that is molded, shaped, formed by the circumstances humans are placed in. So the idea, it could be created instead of being discovered. And this is where I'm going to bring in Barry uh, Schwartz. He, he kind of put forward this idea. So, okay, so now stick with me here. I think we can all agree that language, stories, and myths play a profound influence over the actions of humans, right? They drive us. They provide reason for why we act. They build communities to cooperate in. They create the traditions, laws, and customs we live by. Those three things, language, stories, and myths, are why we have civilization. So maybe you disagree with that point, but it's undeniable those three things play an influential role over our lives. And maybe it's not the most influential role, but they play a very influential role, no doubt. So let's let's bring back the idea. The idea that human nature can is created instead of discovered. Because like when, when you think of human nature as something that's discovered, you're assuming this endpoint that once we understand this, we will fully understand human nature, right? And that's what I'm trying to kind of unravel here, okay? So what do we do with language, for example? So I want you to imagine an apple in front of you. It can be the most delicious apple or a rotten apple. But it must be an apple. I want you to imagine, picture it, hold it in your hand. Now, take that image of your mind. Now, clear it. Give it a blank canvas. Now, okay, so when I say the word apple, what pops into your mind? The apple, right? The image of an apple that has certain properties. You imagine a certain look and feel. You attach those properties to the language word, or in this case, English word, apple. But what if humans decided, you know, let's call them crabs. From now on, instead of an apple a day, we should have a crab a day. 
The point is the properties of what we use to identify the properties of that particular fruit, what we called apple and now we're calling crabs, did not change from us choosing a new term. The apple was not affected by our story, our myth, our language that we placed around the properties that is an apple or what is now a crab. But for humans, now when when you see or, or hear the word crab, everything changes. That word, that story, that myth we created around this new apple or this new sorry, it's time you this new word for apple is now crab. Crab now creates this new uh, story for you. It, it brings about a new image that I didn't before. Before it probably you know gave you the image of an actual crab or what we use to identify a crab using the word crab, right? So. Like I said, that story changes. The story changes the images that pop into our mind because of our belief around what the word crab now provides. It changes, it alters, it's molded, it's formed. So I'll try to help kind of sum this up with a quote from Barry Schwartz, who also name drops someone in this quote, but he says, Clifford Geertz said years ago that human beings are the unfinished animals. And what he meant by that was that is that it is only human nature to have a human nature that is very much the product of the society in which we which people live in. That human nature, that is to say our human nature, is much more created than discovered. We design human nature by designing the institutions within which people live and work. So I'm hoping, based on that quote, you can kind of see where I'm going here. So the idea, the subjective idea that we create around human nature remains true as long as we believe it or a certain number of people believe it. So as Schwartz says, false ideas about human beings will not go away if people believe that they are true. Because if people believe that they are true, they create ways of living in institutions that are consistent with these very false ideas. So what the hell does that mean? What the hell does this have to do with politics? Well, what beliefs do we hold around our politics, around society, because of what we accept to be true, what we accept to be objective and and fundamental about human nature? Like, this is the way it is. You know, if you don't believe this, you're an idiot. You know, that type of thing. It's that childish, we, you know, that's why I I wanted to do it on human nature, because we have this almost like childlike, uh, attitude towards a lot of politics because and I also I think a lot of it arises from this this idea that our human nature is truth it's objective it's unmoldable it's undeniable and then when people believe something around politics based on the human nature they're like you're attacking this fundamental truth of the world and how dare you you fool and that type of thing So I wanted to create a more blank canvas, provide some skepticism around your beliefs, our beliefs, my beliefs even, around human nature so we can remain open in our political opinions. Because, of course, this isn't going to be my last political episode, but I'm trying to to create this more skeptical viewpoint about political opinions so that when we go into that, you know, not necessarily meaning you have to listen to this episode, but just remaining open, right? That idea. So what false opinions are we doubling down on simply because of our belief in human nature? But maybe more broadly, what we think is something, you know, intrinsically true of us as humans. So I want us to check our beliefs at the door. When looking at politics, something I struggle to do every day, but I'm asking you to struggle with me. So beliefs around human nature, what what beliefs does society seem to hold around us? You know, one is humans are good, humans are bad. And you ask yourself, what is good and what is bad? Humans are competitive. Humans are selfish. Humans are violent. So the question is, are those intrinsic parts of us 
Or is there a lot of storied creation around those words and putting it into this idea of human nature? See, all of these are commentary on a belief about human nature, a belief. That's the key word there. It's a belief. So now, and not say, and, and now we start hearing this commentary about human nature when people begin discussing their politics, right? So we need a we need a welfare state because people are selfish. We can't have a welfare state because it makes people less competitive and goes against human nature. Uh, you hear capitalism is bad because people are greedy. You hear also that capitalism is good because people are competitive and self-interested. And then you hear the, we need government to drive morality through law because people are deviant and violent. Okay, so this list can go on and on and on, right? But the point is, all of those rely on a fictional, or at the very least, partially fictional story about human nature. One that society has molded, shaped, trusted, and believed in, and, and proclaimed to be the truth. Or at least a group of people have proclaimed to be the truth. One that we, we base our beliefs on as though it's the truth, and we must not attack it because it's the truth. And if you're attacking that, you're attacking the fundamental nature of the universe. But is that part of human nature, the fundamental nature of the universe? And what happens if it's not? What, what then? What, what is that forcing you to accept that you're now questioning? Because when you accept that, that so, so-called intrinsic part of human nature, you're putting a lot of faith in an assumption there. And what is that forcing you to accept? What, what questionable beliefs is that for, forcing you to accept based on some fictional narrative about you that you have about human nature? So the question is, shouldn't we question this truth if maybe it is a fiction, or if it is a fiction, but maybe you want to include that maybe, but yeah, that's the point. What if it is? What if it is a fiction? What if this idea of this intrinsic human nature in that in, in the traditional sense, that, that's not even saying there isn't some idea of human nature that we have. It's a little bit more complicated than that, and we'll get into that in future episodes. But so now, I'm also not saying, like I said, hum, I'm not saying human nature doesn't exist. In the sense that, you know, our, our genetic makeup, how our mind and body works, those play a role in how we act. But as humans, we love stories. We love myths. And we love meaning. And we love to add storied interpretation to the science and the, the, the evidence that we have. So we add stories to that. And we add stories to what we believe to be true. And I, and I just want us to be mindful of that. So, I mean, look at, look at the far-right position about women, for example where they believe that men should be the one to provide and, and you know go out in the workforce, and women should be at the home taking care of the children, cooking the food, cleaning the house. That very old-school, traditional, 1950s-style American home. The so-called American dream, right? So they're making a story around human nature. They are saying that uh, human nature of males and females are different, and thus... And different, and I know people might get caught up on that word different in, in the way I'm talking about. I'm saying it's different than how society's currently looking at it. So they're saying that it's society's looking at it one way and they're saying it's, oh, it's very clear what human nature is driving males and females to do. And, and thus society should be structured to fit their narrative around human nature. So it might sound like I've kind of provided this critique of using human nature to drive our politics, but I haven't really given a solution, right? And, and you might be disappointed if I, I'm not really going to try to give a solution. It's more of 
raising some questions and thoughts so that we can start considering those solutions, if that makes sense. So well, it's supposed to make you skeptical of what you find to be true based on your perception of human nature. And I want you to be open to possibility. Leave yourself open, open to new ideas, possibilities, public policy, politics, political positions, all that. So instead of seeking a true theory of human nature, maybe ask ourselves, what happens if a given theory in general and of human nature were to be true? What happens then? And then what? And do you like those outcomes if they are to be true? What would the world look like and what would the world become if that were true? And throughout that, ask yourself, how much of a story narrative are you adding into that human nature or into that idea of a true human nature? So in this episode, I'm not, like I said, I haven't really, I'm not really putting forward policy positions based on this belief. Instead, I'll comment on an idea about human nature that might be true, and you can kind of take it for what you will, and then ask yourself if this is, is too is a story around human nature that uh, that can be that can be molded, uh, that can be something new, and, and what could shape this idea of human nature in a in a new direction. Okay. So this idea that humans are selfish, for example. I pick this one because it's common from left, right, and center, and all of them interpret this, this to mean we should choose uh, policy in a particular p- position or, or in a particular direction because humans are selfish, right? So the left sees it as a reason to use government to guide that selfishness. Those for the free market see government as using it for their own gain and also happen to get in bed with corporations to perpetuate the problem. So they see those two connected there, the government and uh, corporations. The center sees it as a problem but view, um, sees the self-interestedness, selfishness or self-interestedness, both the same, can be the same thing, I guess. <laughs> the center sees it as a problem but views a need for government to guide it in some areas of society but allow the free market to guide it in others. So I, I know I oversimplified, but I hope you kind of get the point there of the the general idea around that, okay? So in a developed world, many of us have access to various warm clothes from, and, and I'm using another example here. So, okay, so in the developed world, many of us have access to various warm clothes from sweaters, coats, sweatshirts, gloves, jackets, you know, even a jacket for each season and, and special warm socks and on and on. And when a coat rips or just, you know, isn't cool enough anymore, we don't bat an eye at the idea of shilling out $200 for a new one. And I say this, I do, I do the same thing. This is commentary on my own habits as well. But we have people freezing to death, starving, have less than one pair of clothes throughout the world. If I had donated that money, that $200 to fight world hunger and poverty, I could have saved someone's life probably. What does that say? What does that say about human nature and what are we accepting about human nature to justify something? Okay, so in the developed world, uh, many of us have access um, to charities and whatnot and other courses of action. Some of us still give to charity, of course, but we still proudly buy those multiple pairs of clothes. Does this tell us that our human nature is selfish? Most would, would not consider this, this an abnormal amount of selfishness. So if you, and another example, so if you're, let's say you're handed $100. Most would keep the money and not think to donate it. But then we have another example, and this one's more around death. If I, if I told you, you're going to die tomorrow. But then the next sentence I tell you over, you know, 150,000 people die each day. 
you would be much more upset about your own death than the 150,000 other deaths that occur each day. I, I would too. Again, I'm not innocent. And there's something, maybe there is something in us that is controlling that, right? So I'm recognizing a form of human nature I seem to accept. And I do think it might, maybe it is grounded in some truth. It means we are selfish about our own self-interest. And, and in the case of the death example, thousands of times more, more uh, interested in our own self-interest. And there's exceptions to these stories, of course, but in general, this seems to be the case for most humans. What does that say? So one thing I want to ask, if you accept this to be part of human nature as truth, what does this mean for the way we should shape public policy? But maybe more importantly, can we change this part of human nature or at the very least mold it in a slightly different direction? And what would you like to change it into and how would you like it to look? So that's what I kind of want to leave open-ended. If let's say you accept one that's generally, I think, accepted, and I try to pick one, an idea of human nature that is generally accepted across the board. How can that be shaped and formed and be altered? And do you think it can be still? But I want to leave you with this quote from Carl Jung. People don't have ideas. Ideas have people. But that concludes this episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, check out the Patreon page for the bonus episode feed. Uh, Use the links below, all that good stuff. And as always, peace.